Welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, where tonight we'll have a wrap-up conversation with Most Worshipful Grandmaster Ed Woods of the Grand Lodge of Washington. Ladies and gentlemen, brethren all, welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, a casual conversation around Freemasonry. First, it's important to note that our thoughts and opinions are our own and do not reflect those of our Grand Lodge or respective craft or concordant bodies. Please connect with us and ask questions via our website at theworkingtoolspodcast.com. Welcome back to the Working Tools Podcast. Uh, tonight, we have two of our hosts. Uh, the other two aren't able to join us this evening of other family obligations. Uh, Worship Brother Stephen Chung from Prince Charles Lodge, number 153 in Kelowna. I am very worshipful David Colbeth from King Solomon Lodge in Auburn. And uh, this evening, we're joined again by most worshipful Ed Woods, the Grandmaster of the Grand Lodge of Washington, as a follow-on conversation to his year that is just about to wrap up. And so welcome, Grandmaster. Thank you for joining us again. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, we, we appreciate that. Uh, we know we just you just came from an event uh, out in Friday Harbor, a really cool second degree. And uh, I've not been able to attend that yet. It's something I've always wanted to do. But uh, uh, if you, I don't know if you want to talk about that experience or some other experiences. I, one of the questions I was going to have was, what is your, if you can pick one or two or 10, uh, what are your favorite kind of experiences that you had over your time as Grandmaster here? Um, well, today is on the list, um, for sure. Um, I think this year, and it probably came late in the year, um, the DC trip, uh, that we went on, I think is pretty close to the top of the list. And, and I think for me, being able to do some things like, uh, lay a wreath on George Washington's tomb, um, is pretty, especially when we, we got there, we got lined up. We walked up and processed and, and kind of set up how we talked about, but they had opened the gate to his tomb. And that I was not expecting. I mean, you know, it, it's not something obviously they do for the public, but I certainly had not been warned that that was going to happen for me. So it was like, they, you know, they opened it up so I could step into the crypt um, and lay the wreath at the foot of his his tomb. And that, that for me was... Uh, I had to take a few moments to, to kind of gather myself, um, you know, before I turned around and then addressed the group that was standing outside. Um, so that was probably, you know, the top of my list. Um, you, you know, secondarily to that, laying the wreath at the tomb of the unknown. Um, you know, again, it, it's, it's something that I'll probably never get to do in my life again. Um, and then today was, was pretty awesome in that, I'd been to the outdoor degree, but I guess getting to do some things as grandmaster makes it kind of cool too, because you, you get to, to be in a place that not everybody else is, is in. And, and like, I, like I told the brothers up there this weekend, I said, you know, last time I was here, I was sitting down amongst the brothers, you know, where you're all sitting, you know, and for me to be up here um, is, is a pretty awesome deal. Um, and so if anybody has ever been there, um, I think they would tell you that that it's uh, it's it can be somewhat breathtaking. Uh, the monument was built by uh, a family, and he inter interspersed a lot of Masonic, um, what we call uh, components, right? Three, five, and seven steps, and the pillars, and the broken pillar, 
and there's a table with the chairs. And so there's a lot of uh, things that reference masonry, but, but he also was also trying to incorporate some other messages from things that, that he held close in his life. Um, and I think that what they told us was that every year, uh, the, the people that own the property will close it down for one day every year so that the Masons can confer that second degree, um, which I think is a pretty special thing on top of that. And what I didn't know was that the candidates even get a medal that, that nobody else gets to wear. It's, it's a medal with a white ribbon on it, um, indicating that they had received their second degree up there at Roach Harbor. So, um, wow. pretty, pretty cool. Um, you know, when I, when I think about the day and everything that was going on. So, you know, and then obviously it's, it's the fellowship that I've had the entire year. Um, you know, just, you know, the being welcomed, uh, you know, with open arms, um, the hospitality, the, the kindness, the generosity of the brethren is, can be a little overpowering. Um, you know, even in my own lodge, you know, my own lodge, uh, it's one thing to go to my own lodge as, as the Grand Master, but again, the generosity that they extended, you know, to help me out in my year is is something I I personally never expected, and and it, I don't know how to describe it, but it it was like, I guess as a member, I I just kind of expect you know treat me like a member, you know, don't you know, but it's for your own lodge to go out of the way and and do some of the things that they did to make my year. A, a little bit easier, um, I think, is, is some of the things that will, those are the moments and, and things that I remember. Um, if I had to make a list, um, it'd be a pretty long one um, because there was a lot of great things this year, I think, that, uh, uh, that are going to be special to me. So, Well, speaking of lists, you do actually make a list of all the like things you went to and events and things like that. And so it'll be, have you started that or has, does Clint grant the grand secretary, does he keep that list for you over the years? And so is it, yeah. you go back and look at that list and go, Oh wow. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, Clayton, surprisingly Clayton had a pretty comprehensive list um, of everything that I'd done this year. I took Google uh, cause I use Google uh, calendar to keep all my, my, uh, my meetings and things that I do. And what I was able to do, I, I, I'm a little bit familiar with technology enough to where I can say, okay, how do I get an Excel file out of this? Google itself does not make that easy. What you have to do is, is basically export it to Outlook. And then from Outlook, you can take it to a CSV file and then get a list. And then I was able to go through the list side by side with the one Clayton had. I think there was maybe like five things I had to add to his list. So he did a pretty good job of, of what, however they track it at the Grand Lodge office of, of keeping up with everything that I'd done. I had, I had to go through and, and remove a few things because, because I had like all of my lodge meetings on there, all of my Valley meetings. And I, and obviously I didn't get to go to all of my lodge meetings or all of my, so I had to go through and take out the ones that I knew I wasn't at. Um, but yeah, he, he did a pretty tremendous job of, of outlining that. I think there was a hundred and, can't remember what the final number was of, of just different things that I went and did. And, and of course, some of them were over multiple days. You know, you go to conference of grandmasters, that's like a week long event. You go to uh, various grand lodges in, in other jurisdictions. And those are like anywhere between two and three days that you go. Um, so, so not factoring all of that. in, there was probably well over, you know, 200 things that I went and did. And 
I guess in my mind, I, I don't think that I really went out and did a lot of things, but people are always telling me that, man, you're, you're just all over the place, you know, based on, you know, what I have on Facebook or what they see in the pictures on the Grand Lodge Facebook page. And I, I guess 200 is 200 out of 365 days is, is pretty good. I guess I got to have a little bit of time for myself. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I think it can be eye opening when you get done and close to the end of the year as to, you know, how much travel did I actually go out and do? So, but now for you to question that, that must mean that you were quite active before that, uh, before you got into that chair anyways. So it doesn't seem like you're doing that much more, right? Well, you know, we had the two years of COVID. And so, you know, the first year I made myself available, you know, I traveled about as much as, uh, you know, the XCOM did going to the district meetings um, because in this jurisdiction, you go around and, and, and that's what you do so that, that the brothers can, can meet you, get to know you, you know, learn, learn a little bit about you. And it's, it's really to your advantage to take the time and do that. Um, and, and it's important, I think, for them to have that information when they go to the annual communication to make that decision. For me, it's, it's not a... Being Grandmaster, I think I said in, in the first couple podcasts that we did at the, at the early onset, right? Not something I had on my list to be um, when I became a Mason. I mean, it, it, it wasn't like I woke up one day and said, I want to be a Mason and also be the Grandmaster. I mean, it, it's, it doesn't, in my mind, work that way. And so when, when you do make that decision and you move forward with it, and, you know, and then you start to travel, then, then it starts to set in a little bit about how much time is invested in this. I mean, there's a lot of things that, that I enjoy doing um, that I have not had the time to go and do because my priority has been Grand Lodge and, and, and or my wife, right? I mean, and, and we've always had the agreement that, you know, if there's something that is not on my calendar and she wants to go do something that day, then she trumps anything else that comes up. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, and, and it's important to get that out to the brethren for, for the, you know, the, whoever comes in as, as the junior grand warden this year, if you really want that brother at, at an event, especially when their year is grand master, you, you have to let them know that, that year immediately, um, you know, because the calendars, it, it's, it's a little disheartening when you have to tell brothers, especially close to the end of the year, hey, can you come to this? Can you come to that? And, and I think I've made the attempt um, as much as I can to go to these places when asked, but there's just sometimes that you just, you, you can't do it because you either run up against something else that you've agreed to do um, or my wife, um, you know, happened to pick that day and, and we're going to go do something. There was uh, I remember there was one day on my calendar, my, me and my daughter went to a concert, you know, and that was something we'd planned two, three years ago, you know, to go to this concert. And it was on my calendar and, and I marked it as such, like, don't ask, <laughs> you know, so, but yeah, it's, it's amazing when you think back of, of all of the things that, that I've been able to do and, and the places I've been able to go. So do you find because you're so busy, you're going to so many different places and you're around a lot, if you will. One of the things I've always wondered is do people get a little bit complacent? Like, Oh, it's just the grandmaster. 
<laughs> I, mean, I mean, probably not, I'm guessing, but just curious about that angle. I mean, if, from the standpoint of, of, do they not recognize the time involved? No, it's more like, it's, hey, it's a big event for the Grandmaster to come here. And so it should be important and really, uh, you know, for sure, get out to see, be part of it, whatever. If you're, And sometimes I wonder if, oh, he'll be at the next event. I'll just go see him then or something. I, I, I always wonder if is are we out there is it is it too much is it not enough it's always interesting to see what people go to or don't go to or how they can get you know i understand the schedule fills up and so you can't get everything but also should it be i mean maybe there should should there be any limitation on it so that it's more people are drawn to events to see you or i guess that you know maybe the best way to answer that is this year one of the things that i told everybody at my team meeting was you know, if you're not on my calendar already, um, because I, to be fair, any anybody sent me anything, I printed it off, and if it had the same date as something else, I then numbered it one, two, and three, and to the extent that I could, I tried to honor everything I could, especially if as long as it wasn't be in Kennewick today and be over on the west side tomorrow, <laughs> right, which, right. which mind you, I did that twice. There were, <laughs> there were two events I actually did that because I, I backed myself into that. And so I had to kind of eat crow on that and say, okay, I'm, I'm going to do it, right? It, it's not ideal, but, but I'm going to do it. But I tried to avoid that. But the other thing I did early on was I told people at the team meeting, I said, look, I said, I'm going to apologize now. And, and in part, it was because of of going through the pandemic and not having done things for a couple of years. But I, but I told the brother and I said, look, if you've got something that you are expecting a grandmaster to show up and you've gotten kind of lax about sending out a reminder or an invite, don't be surprised if I'm not there. And, and I think, I think some of the brothers paid attention to that. So there were still a few that well, are you coming to this? And it's like coming to what? And it's, you know, well, we've, we've had every grandmaster since, you know, the invention of bread come to this event. And, you know, we haven't heard if you're coming and it's like, did you send me an invitation? Well, 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 no. And, and it's, you know, there's this mindset out there where yeah, it's been on the calendar, you know, and, and we know that every year, you know, the grandmaster comes to event X on this date. And, and so I, I'd let brothers know, I said, one, to be fair to the lodges out there that don't get the opportunity to have events and invite the grandmaster or the XCOM, I said, if you have not sent an invite, which, which I think is the courteous thing to do, whether it's something that's been done for 50 years or not, the courtesy is you send an invite. And if you, and if you haven't sent an invite and somebody else did, and it happens to be on a day where you're expecting me to show up, but you didn't send an invite, I apologize, but you know, I, I kind of have to know these things. And, and, and I think what made it, what made it a little bit easy to do that was coming out of the pandemic because most worshipful Cameron had kind of done the same thing his year. You know, he said, if you, if you're kind of expecting things to just fall in place because it, it's been that way every year, um, you know, to be fair, it, it probably not going to happen unless we get some kind of invite or notification to be there. Um, and I, I think from that standpoint, people, might think that, you know, well, I'm going to see the grandmaster at, at, you know, at this event and he doesn't show up and it's like, well, why didn't he show up? And it, you know, so, so there might've been a few instances where, where people have, have had that thought, but I don't think it's, it's something that's, uh, 
that I found a lot of. I mean, you, I mean, you'll find pockets of it. And, and I think where most of you see that maybe is, is for, for the brothers that have other concordant bodies that they attend. Um, you know, because that seems to be a conflict with some of the events that normally take place where they would expect to be able to go and see the grandmaster. Um, so, so yeah, it's, uh, and I think Steve's doing the same thing this year. I, I think he made it, you know, kind of clear that, you know, don't expect us to show up if it's something that you've had on there, you know, please send us an invitation so that we can, we can schedule it accordingly and, and respect everybody else that's out there that has something that they want to do. A tip for the listeners, for the organizers in your lodge, your grandmaster is expected to have his calendar prepared before his installation. So if you want him at an event, scratches on his door when he's the deputy grandmaster and make sure you get into that calendar. We have the same issue up here. Everybody assumes that, you know, but it's always been that way. We've always done it that way. And we, we've always expected the Grandmaster to be here, right? And, yeah, without an invite, it doesn't necessarily get put on the calendar. Yeah. It, it's the, you know, it for most of the, I think the big difference, too, it, at least in my mind, is probably over the last three years, um, most of the Grandmasters have been working stiffs uh, to some degree. Um, I think Chris had just retired. Uh, Cameron was still working and, and is still working now. Um, I've, I've been working the last and still working, um, you know, and probably will continue to work for, you know, at least another 10 years before I can even think about retiring. Um, Steve is, I know he's retiring here soon, um, but, but he intends on continuing to work contract work. Um, and so I, you know, Roger works, uh, Jimmy works, you know, so if you look at those that are, that are coming up, you know, to be grandmaster over the next couple of years, they're, they're, they're doing this working on top of, you know, the time that they have to expend to, to meet the expectations of the fraternity. And, and it's a balancing act sometimes. I mean, the only, the saving grace for me I think was that I had made the decision in 2017 to go to headquarters and, and work as a data analyst. Um, and then when the pandemic hit, I got lucky again because they, they were like, Hey, you got a computer. That's all you really do. You can do that from your home. Right. And, and then I had some supervisors that have been very gracious in that if my home happens to be Kennewick over the next three days, do you have a problem with that? You know, and the answer's always been, as long as you can get on a computer and, and do the work that you're expected to do, we don't have a problem with that. And so um, I've had that flexibility and, and you know, in a responsible way, I've, I've done that to meet the expectations of both the fraternity and, and what I have to do for work. And, and it's, for me, it comes somewhat easy. I, I know I've had brothers say, well, you know, man, when, when do you find the time to do anything? I have to think back when I was the master of my lodge, president of my shrine club. I was very active in the Valley for Scottish Rite, but I was also working on my bachelor's degree, uh, you know, through an online program. And so I, I obviously didn't know what the word no meant and, and had conditioned myself to do, you know, a lot of different things and balance that. So I think for having that experience, um, I think help prepare me for, for, for this year's grandmaster. 
um, certainly, uh, you know, and, and in terms of being able to work, I, I try to get up to the Grand Lodge office once a week um, and work in the Grand Master's office that's up there, you know, and, and that's, I just do my normal day work, you know, that I do for, for my occupation. And then when I have my periods of, of where I can take a break and my lunchtime, I spend that down in the Grand Secretary's office, you know, you know, doing a little bit of business up there for Grand Lodge. So it's, it's worked out. So. Excellent. That's great. So uh, what, what do you, what do you think is going to be next for you? Oh, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> I, I want to get back to the Scottish Rite. Um, I, I, I want to get tied back in with the Valley and, and get back to doing some of the things that I was doing there. I, I, I miss, um, the Valley and arguably that's probably been one area that I have not been able to spend a lot of time with this year. Um, equally, uh, you know, shrine, uh, I like clowning and doing the parades in the summertime. And, you know, so my hope is to, to get back and do some of those things that I was doing before, um, you know, get, get active in my Valley again. Um, and, and to go back to doing some clowning with the shrine. I mean, there's a, a clown college over in Spokane at the PNSA this year. And it's, it's, um, the, the ISCA, which is the international shrine clown association, um, has finally gotten, gotten the idea that, Hey, maybe if we put some clown colleges together to kind of help as we go to the different PNSAs across the country and, and teach the nobles, you know, proper clowning. And, and that's something I've had good mentors in clowning from, from a Fifi shrine, but I think it's going to be a great opportunity to get with some of the clowns from across the nation um, and maybe pick up some tips and learn some things and hopefully get back into that, especially during the summer months. So, um, you know, and then there's other things. I mean, we bought a, a camper, which we took this weekend over to, to San Juan. Um, so I have a, an Opus light, you know, pop-up trailer. Um, it, you, you pull it in and I've got these little mechanized motor things that, that engage with the tires. And so I can turn it sideways in its lot with like a remote control. Uh, and then you push a button and it inflates and blows the thing up. Right. So it's like people kind of stand around because they're like, what is this? And, and then when you flip the top and hit the button and it starts inflating, it's like, they're like, Ooh, ah, <laughs> but, uh, and but then twenty before. and then twenty shrine crowns come out, right? Yep, and then twenty crowns <laughs> come out on the inside of it, right? But yeah, was, you know, so we're looking forward to the, taking that out and doing some things, and and I'll do travel still, you know, with Grand Lodge events here and there. Um, you know, I think most it's fair to say that most past Grand Masters are supposed to uh, hang out in the shadows a little bit, right? Um, and and let the current Grand Master have his year. Uh, as Clint kind of puts it, you know, uh, past grandmaster PGM means power gone, man. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, you kind of have to take that in, in stride and, uh, and respectfully, you just kind of stay back a little bit so that, because I think it's important not to, um, not to be involved to a level to where you start overshadowing what the current grandmaster is doing. I think, I think it's, uh, I think it's important. I think what, what most past masters do in our lodges is they go sit out in the Tyler's chair, right? It, it's uh, spend a year outside of the lodge. Um, I don't know that it needs to be to that extent. I mean, I, I think it's always good. I, I've always liked seeing the past master sitting up in the east or somewhere close to, to the current master, you know, to kind of whisper that wise counsel when it's asked for. Um, but I think that's the key when it's asked for um, and, and just uh, – outside of that, just 
find something constructive to do. And I, I think that I'll have some things. Uh, Steve's got me on a couple of committees that I think will keep me busy this next year and uh, will keep me engaged. And, and I think that's the important thing is just to stay engaged, but also um, support him in the way that I can, but in the shadows, um, so to speak. So, Well, it's a little bit different being past immediate uh, immediate past grandmaster versus uh, being an immediate past master because you only meet what officially once a year, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, it, it is kind of more of a shadows role unless you're uh, uh, asked for uh, for some guidance or something. Um, so I I imagine that uh, that'll be a, a a bit of a tougher transition. Uh, mind you, you have all these other avenues that are. Uh, seeking your attention, I'm sure. Right, so that that'll be good. Was there anything that you, that you didn't get accomplished? Maybe that you thought you would like to have got accomplished? I'm probably a maybe a list, but I mean, <laughs> you know, it's. Uh, I think most grandmasters, at least for me, some of the things that that I got accomplished. You know, when you come in as junior grand warden, it, uh, it, it kind of the running joke is, you know, you kind of sit sit back at the corner of the tail and just kind of listen. And and I, and I think it's true to an extent. Not to say that the junior grand warden is, is silent in his entire year, but it is a year of learning and understanding what's going on. But the other thing that that I was told was, you know, be thinking about those things that that you feel are important um, and, and how those could be integrated, you know, as you work through each of the years up until your grandmaster. Um, the fortunate thing is I think over at least since I've been involved and, and I know for several years before that is that there's just been continuity and where we want the fraternity to go and anything that any grandmaster has, has offered up has done nothing but, you know, strengthen what the previous grandmaster has done. Um, I know some of the resolutions that I have this year, are things that I felt pretty strong about. Um, and, and some of them actually came out of things that were just bad things that happened in our fraternity that, that, uh, I think we needed to address. Um, it's, it's disheartening to see some of the stuff take place. And, and because we don't have a rule in place necessarily, it just, you know, those things just seem to kind of keep happening. And unfortunately, you know, as, as a government employee, what I know about policy is that, you know, policy never comes from anything good. Policy comes from, in many cases, things that have went sideways or gone wrong, you know, in a, in a way to correct or fix something. Um, I, I don't like making rules just, you know, for the sake of keeping things. But at a certain point, I think it's important that you do have to have some rules or at least adjustments to like the code and things to to keep things in a place as they should be. I mean, we've had lodges sell buildings, for example, for, you know, pennies on the dollar. And, and it's, it's disheartening to see beautiful lodge buildings go, go so cheaply because the members are just, you know, they're worn out, they're tired and, and they just want out. Right. And so they kind of take the first opportunity that comes along. And so one of the pieces of legislation is, is that if you're going to sell a building, you, you need to consort with the finance committee and, and it's more just to kind of so that they can ask the questions and, and have you thinking about those things so that when it does come time to sell a building, you get the best price for it or you're doing it for the right reasons. 
Um, uh, I think the other one that is really close to my heart is, is, you know, what does it mean to be in good standing? Um, I, I have never felt that it was fair for somebody to withhold their dues until December 31st, but take part in all the business during the year. And then on the other side of that coin, if I want to go join another lodge, I cannot get a certificate of good standing unless I'm current in my dues. So it's like, so you're telling me I'm not allowed to even join to participate in another lodge without being in good standing, but I can still participate in all the business in my lodge without really being in good standing, you know? And so I, th I think that was, for me, I've always seen that as an oversight um, in our code and, and hopefully um, we'll be able to at least clear that up a little bit um, and, and make that and what my mind is the, the right thing to do which is, you know, if you want to participate in our fraternity, um, you got, you got to pay your dues. You know, you got that. That's part of the deal. You know? Yeah. I'm with you there, man. Like I, I help uh, our secretary collect dues every year, mostly because I'm the one who has everybody's phone numbers <laughs> and, uh, and I, and I'm really the communications guy, but I, I, I tell you that you're exactly right. They participate for, you know, half of the year without having paid their dues. They um, That drives me nuts. You know it's coming. You know it's due every year. But, you know, I think we did a whole episode just on dues at one point. And, and so we won't really go there. But uh, I see our time is wrapping up and, and on this episode. If you have time to come back for another episode. Sure. Uh, I've got sure. a couple more questions we could uh, throw at you. And, and uh, that, that would be great. Uh, with that, I, I really like to thank everybody for listening. Of course, give us your comments in the uh, comment section on all the podcast apps and especially on YouTube. And um, uh, for now, uh, on behalf of David and uh, Most Worshipful Brother Red Woods and myself, we thank you for listening and hope you all have a fantastic evening. Thank you.